0: Thanks for joining us today on Open the Word with Circle of Friends. I'm Missy, and I'm Lisa, and I'm Gwen,
1: and I'm Beth, and I'm so happy to be here with all of you,
0: and
2: we're glad to have you back from the Holy Lands. Mm. And and honestly, I'm a little jealous. <laughs>
1: well, I have to tell you, as I was there, oh Gwen, I thought of you. I thought, oh Gwen, would just be geeking out over all of this. She would just. Uh, I wish that you were there with us. I wish that all of you were there with oh, we us. Wish okay, we wish you were. My, she, my I know. My
0: big dream is that the, the, the table the open the word, yeah. podcast would go to the Holy mm. Lands. Wouldn't that yes. be fun? So if
1: yeah.
2: there's ever a
0: corporate sponsor that would like <laughs> to send us all, we'd love to go. <laughs> oh, Dream big. Right.
2: Right. Oh, go.
1: That's right. God's oh, able man. to do abundantly, mm. exceedingly more than we hope for or ask. So there you go. Yeah, us trust his word for that answer.
2: I'm going I'm to kind of, I guess, take lead today because I want to follow up on something you talked about last podcast, which was the olive tree. Mm-hmm. And Um, which I love how God times this out because I was recording the last of the Romans podcast, which won't air for a while. Um, But in chapter 11, one of the things I kind of landed on was Paul's use of discussing the uh, olive tree and this idea of the cultivated olive tree and then these wild branches um, that are being grafted in. And it's it's basically what it is, is... In Romans, it's like a three-chapter confrontation uh, of the Romans, the Roman church at the time, which is who Paul's writing to. He hasn't been able to get there yet, and so he's giving them the basics until he can get there. It's his goal to get there, but he's Mm -hmm. trying to address some things and give them some theology. And so basically in chapter 11, 9 through 11, he's discussing what God's done with the Jews. Okay, because there was a lot of infighting. Um, There were Jews that were trying to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus and what to do with all of the rules that they had that they used to live by, mm-hmm. and then you had the Romans who had absolutely no Jewish background or whatever that are looking mm-hmm. at these Jews going, okay, you're ridiculous. What do you mean you don't eat this and you don't eat that and you're doing this and you're doing that? What? Um, and so he's addressing some of those divisions and what they're doing with him in the church, but I was just listening to the last podcast and thinking about this olive tree mm-hmm. example here. Mm-hmm. And so I was really curious if he talked about grafting in.
1: If he did? Yeah, or I how he did. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I, No, I, I don't believe that he talked about grafting in. Okay. Um, however, I think that coming to Romans 11 and talking through it mm-hmm. together today is a beautiful place to be. We know that, um well, as I look at romans eleven, one of one of the things that jumps out at me uh, is eleven verse sixteen. Um, if the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. It all comes back to this root mm-hmm. issue. Where's your root? Right. Where are you abiding? that's that's where that's that's the major, area of importance for me. So, um, take us, start at the beginning of Romans 11 and, uh, just walk us through what you've gleaned, my dear.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, basically, um, chapter 11 starts with, uh, okay. So I say then God has not rejected his people, um, has he? And so it's the question that he's kind of raising about this whole thing. And he'll talk about that, but, Um, I love where you started actually in the following verse. It says, but if some of the branches are, were broken off, you being a wild olive were grafted in among them and became a partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree. Here's, I'm going to pause for a minute. How old were some of the olive trees you saw?
1: Oh my, ah, let me get my picture out. So I get this date right because it was old it was gnarled so that that make
2: it there I mean but some of these trees are thousands of years mm-hmm. old aren't they mm-hmm. and so like to understand that these have been care, taken care of or cultivated for generations um with people pruning and and doing things so that the the core doesn't you know so the branches hold firm and and fast and grow thicker to support other branches so there's just been a lot of I don't know what word I want but husbanding that's happened or farming cultivating that's happened to them I I just can't imagine but you know the one thing I do know is that the bigger around the base is the older the tree is and I you know from just the little that I do know I know it takes a long time to develop a decent sized olive tree Um, Mm -hmm. and so I would imagine this is probably a hundred hundreds to thousand maybe even a thousand years old Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in some places Mm -hmm. so you know but i i know that over that time it takes a lot of pruning and things to you know keep those trees healthy and uh, yeah but i mean just think about that's a thousand years of a tree dna just Mm -hmm. being you know in in like i just I, i compare that with like apples okay so let's talk apple trees in the united states there used to be hundreds of varieties. We're down to like 30 Hmm. because we've lost so many different ones that have just, you know, trees that have been planted wherever, but they've died out. And then, you know, Um, and so you just think about that. And then these olive trees, they're the same as they were hundreds of Mm -hmm. years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so this image of just being grafted into the rich root of the olive tree, mm-hmm. um, and kind of that idea that how this is talking about it is that when God chose Israel, Israel's represented image-wise in the Old Testament as an olive tree. And so everywhere you see the image of an olive tree, it's usually talking about the nation of Israel mm-hmm. and how God chose it. And so in this passage, what he's talking about is that the mystery of the Old Testament was that the Gentiles are grafted in to, to God's family and the chosen, um, and that some of the nation of Israel has stumbled and, and literally been pulled off. And I, one of the lines that hits me the hardest is verse 22. Um, and Beth, I don't know if you want to read that.
1: I do, but can I start in verse 17 that and work awesome. up to 22? Let's so so 17 says, this is Romans eleven seventeen. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. Then you will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. Verse 21, For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity towards those who have fallen. But God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. Verse 23, and even if they, verse 23, and even they, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in, for God has the power to graft them in again. For if you were cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree, and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, the natural branches, be grafted back into their own olive tree?
2: And, I mean, isn't this beautiful? Because the natural branches are the Jewish people mm-hmm. that come to faith in Messiah. Um, and so, I mean, how much more rich for them, all of this Old Testament imagery that they grew up with in the festivals and the feasts and um, and all of the observances that they've done for years to have new meaning and to be able to see the picture of Jesus, the Messiah, Mm -hmm. in everything that they've grown up with. I mean, the sweetness of them to be grafted back into their own olive tree, Mm -hmm. um, I think is just beautiful. And I just think of Pod for Israel and One for Israel, because that's what's happening, Mm -hmm. um, is that through that ministry and several other ministries, Jews by the thousands are coming back into um, fellowship with um, into fellowship with believers and
1: coming back into mm-hmm. f- the olive tree basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So,
2: um, but yeah, Beth, you just got an answer for how old that olive I tree is. I just got
1: an answer for that olive tree we were talking about in the in the Garden of Gethsemane, 2,400 years old. 2,400 years. Yeah. This is why you travel in groups, right? right. Because obviously there were better note takers than me. <laughs> um, and I'm so thankful. Thank you, Diane, for, for <laughs> providing that answer for me because I did not have it in front of me. But 2,400 years years old. Older so than our nation.
2: Well, that's older than Christ in the Think Garden about of Gethsemane. This. That was, those were trees that would have been there when Jesus is doing his high priestly prayer. Mm-hmm. A couple chapters after the vine that we talked about last week.
1: Mm. Yeah, in John. That's, he'd, he'd, yeah. He, I guess that was one of the things that stood out at me. And I knew this, I knew this from, from reading the word that he looked at I, at creation, and drew his lessons from there. Um, but boy, was it brought to the forefront mm-hmm. as as we walked through that land, as we journeyed through that land, and, and began to unpack the different things that he talked about to his disciples using the culture of their time and the area that they, was familiar to them to teach the lessons of you the know, kingdom.
0: You know, if you go... If you continue on in this chapter of, of mm-hmm. Romans eleven, um, and I know there there is there are some out there who think God is done with Israel. It's mm-hmm. it's over. It's kind of the first part and then we were grafted in and but but look at verse twenty five. This very clearly says, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brethren brothers, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until The full number of the Gentiles has come in, and so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies on your account. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable just as you who were at one time disobedient to god have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience so they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of god's mercy to you for god has bound all men over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all in Mm. other words god's grace is sufficient Mm. not just for Mm. us but also for israel and And we're in the middle, in the midst of it. We're not to the end of the story yet.
2: Well, and and in verse 25, I want to pull out a couple of things. The partial hardening. um, The interesting thing is when you look at the Jewish scholars um, before Jesus and their commentaries on the Old Testament and Jewish scholars after Christ and the Christian movement, and their commentaries there are passages of old testament scripture that are interpreted vastly different because they did not want to give any possible reading to the old testament where the jews could find jesus Mm. and so there is a huge shift in um before that age of Jesus being on earth and after. Um, And so that was one thing on one of the latest podcasts from Pod for Israel. They were talking about, is there evidence of the Trinity in the Old Testament? And so that's the episode you want to look at. But in the course of talking about that, they were talking about all of these Jewish writers that basically wrote commentaries on the Old Testament and understandings of different passages. And one of the passages that was directly impacted was, um, at creation and how they looked at Elohim, um, God, and the spirit hovering over the waters in that entire passage. Um, before Jesus, there was an understanding that God existed in, in more a plural form. After Jesus, they nailed that down. <laughs> um, and so God was one God, and he was only one God. Um and so, but there was this idea that there was God the Father and God the Son, and a presence of a spirit. Um, and so there very much was in all of the commentary or a lot of the commentary before Christ, there was this understanding that, God could exist in different forms, and he could take on human form. And so all of the commentaries change after Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really interesting because they will tell you it depends on the source that you use for understanding the Old Testament, whether it was before Christ or after Christ.
1: So I want to go back to verse 25, which you were just at, because in the ESV, this is is the way they speak it. Mm -hmm. Lest you be wise in your own sight. Yep. And what you're describing is... Is that very thing?
2: Well, and so, it's the partial hardening that ends up happening in the Jewish believers too, or Jewish a, people.
1: I want I want to make this say what I want to make yeah. this say instead yeah. of I. I this is kind of, of familiar God. to
0: me in our culture mm. uh, do we not do the same thing today that's uh, yeah.
1: right then and now yeah. in in the margin here but yes esv says lest you be wise in your own sight i do not want you to be unaware of this mystery brothers a partial hardening has come upon israel until the fullness of the gentiles Has come
2: well, and I love that phrase, the fullness of the Gentiles, because in studying Revelation, what you see is that there is actually from from this point in time all the way through, part way in the Great Tribulation, you actually have this season of Gentiles where Gentiles are controlling Jerusalem. Gentiles are, you know, and so part of the Church Age is actually. Um, what this is describing, the, the fullness of the Gentiles, that time. And so basically what's explained here, if you put this whole context, that phrase in the context, is what you see is um, the, the Gentiles being grafted into the body of Christ or into the rich root of the olive tree, that this is the season. And until all of the Gentiles that God has established to be grafted in, are grafted in that this is called literally called this the um what's the wording in 25 the the time of the fullness of the gentiles or the time of the gentiles Mm -hmm. um and so this is the church age Mm -hmm. um and so there will come a time when israel recognizes where they look on him who they've pierced and they will mourn as a Mm -hmm. nation and as a nation they will once again turn back to the lord Um, And so it talks a little bit in um, Revelations about there's a specific point in time when the Antichrist sets himself up in the temple that they recognize that this is not their Messiah, and they will understand that Jesus was that Messiah. Um, And so they will flee to the mountains at that point Mm and to the wilderness where God has already established Um, ways of providing for them. And whether that's, you know, some scholars think that might be God might give them manna again and, Mm. you know, things like that. But it's this idea that there will come a time again in the great tribulation where Israel will once again recognize as a nation who their Messiah is and what they have done, and they will repent and come back to the Lord. Mm. Um, And that will be the time when the age of the Gentiles is done, um, and we will see Israel come and be grafted right back in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's happening on one scale in just the amount of Christians or Jews that are coming to Christ mm-hmm. and Muslims and, you know, they're dreaming dreams and they're having visions and they're, Jesus is showing up and saying, this is who I am. Um, and so, you know, this is exciting because we're living history, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we're living in a day where prophecy is starting to be fulfilled before our eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So
1: anyway. Well, we we can't read Romans 11 without reading those final verses. Um, Verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord and who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid. Verse 36. Ah, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen.
0: Therefore.
1: uh uh-huh, Romans 12. Therefore. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it leads you right to it, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will for through the grace
2: given to me i say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself um, than he ought but to think so as to have sound judgment as god has allowed to each one that measure of faith just as uh, we have many members in one body and all members do not have the same function so we who are many are one body in christ individual members of one
1: another having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness.
3: Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Keep going. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far far as it, it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written... It is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good.
1: Mm -hmm. Do not be (laughs) overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Boy, that pretty much sums it up, folks. (laughs) If we can just live out life here on this earth, recognizing that we are a part of a bigger story. We are here for a plan and a purpose, not our own will. But God's, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. His word says that time and again. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If we can just grab hold of that and and, and just live life abiding in him and overcoming evil with good, Mm. we could solve a lot of problems, (laughs) couldn't we?
2: Um, I don't know about you guys, but do you just hear the arrogance that's being addressed with mm-hmm. humility? You know, the answer to arrogance is humility. But just like, and to love without hypocrisy, to cling to what is good and abhor evil, just to be very clear on different things. I this chapter is just fascinating because it's so practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and chapter twelve starts the practical portion of Romans. Um, But nine through 11 is where Paul was just kind of addressing the Jewish faith um, and the Jewish roots of our Christian faith. And Missy, like at the very beginning, you had said a lot of us, especially in America, do not recognize Christianity's Jewish roots, Mm -hmm. you know. And so in some ways we've cut that off and we have we don't think about that context to the scriptures Um, And so a lot of times we're in danger of interpreting scripture through American roots, Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. American context, Mm -hmm. you know, on a passage where the thing is the New Testament grows out of the context of the Old Testament. So if you cut off the context of the Old Testament, you've taken all of the foundation away from the New Testament and you're in real danger of misunderstanding it.
0: And and unless you you broaden your thought about the bible in terms of when i say broaden your thought meaning go go from genesis to revelation and reading the whole of the word getting the big picture how can an american christian me how can missy even begin to understand such concepts as a king i've never had a king Mm -hmm. i don't understand that how can I understand a good shepherd, a good shepherd? <laughs> how can I understand uh, 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 the whole of the Old Testament and what God is doing and how that is God's people? I mean, unless you begin at the beginning and go all the way through the end and see the whole picture, you're bound to take something out of context or to misunderstand. And so, yeah, I think we do get it wrong sometimes. And, I, and I've and i been guilty of overlooking the the Jewish heritage and history at times as I'm reading scripture. Like, oh, this is what's happening. These are the people that are listening to it. A- and then how the how the, the Gentiles, as we've been talking about, are grafted into that. And as we're grafted into that, that's not our history, but it has become our heritage, I believe, mm-hmm. because, spiritual heritage, mm-hmm. because of how God has loved us and that's who he is that has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with us which how arrogant of us we consider everything from really let's just get real we consider everything through an american lens Mm
2: -hmm. we
0: own everything yeah we we are everything (laughs) we we own everything everything. we're just it and uh, oh there's just so much of us to really repent of and bow our knee before the father and ask Mm -hmm. for humility and Understanding, and I'm I'm at the top of that list. I'm not I'm not pointing the finger anywhere, but I'm just saying, culturally, mm-hmm. culturally, it's important for us to see that because we can see the opposite of this in our culture now, right, where it's going. Right. well.
1: And if you are wondering, well, how can I learn more about the culture? I think the three books that jumped out at me in learning about the the Jewish culture, written uh, by. Anne Spangler and Lois Verberg, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus. Oh, beautiful, beautiful book. Um, Reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus. Uh, That one was just authored by Lois Verberg. She she took it to the, the next place after her original book, and then uh, the, the last one that was written that I'm aware of is Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus. And that says how the Jewish words of Jesus can change your life. Mm. So those are mm. those are modern-day um, unpacking of, of that Jewish culture and for us to understand, because you're right, it is not our history, but yeah. it has become our heritage. And in order to... Embrace it and and appreciate it. We just need to learn more about it. But again, don't take our word for all of this. Open the word. Open the word of God. Go to the book of Romans. Read through as Paul is trying to speak to um, a Gentile nation about what this heritage is all about. The practical application of his word. As we live that out today, Yeah, we become the hands and feet of Christ, living life in the culture that we are a part of. But we have to have the word in us in order to live it out. Thank you again for joining us. We look forward to our next time together.
3: Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to open the word at gmail.com.